and I thought, oh, that's the story. I'm going to use this, and I'm going to put jumbies in this story, and it's going to be awesome. Welcome to The Yarn, a Backpack Media production. You're listening to the second installment of our new series called The Unraveler. In each episode, a book creator will take you inside one of their books, their inspiration, fears, frustrations, triumphs, epiphanies, the whole thing pulled apart, unraveled. Colby sat down with author Tracy Batiste in frigid Minneapolis to talk about her book, The Jumbies. In this episode, she shares how a chance encounter with a book at Barnes & Noble helped set her story in motion, and how she sometimes, sometimes, forgets where the heck she is while writing. We're giving away the signed copy of The Jumbies that Tracy reads from in this episode. To enter the giveaway, visit bkpk.media. It's time to unravel The Jumbies. I'm Tracy Batiste. I'm the author of The Jumbies, which is a new release from Algonquin Young Readers. Hello. You know, I listened to Jumbie stories my whole life, and I always wanted to have a Jumbie story in a book. I had all of these great fairy tales. I had Grimm's fairy tales, I had Purnell's, I had all of these different fairy stories, but there were no Jumbie stories in books. And so I was always searching through folk tales of the world, looking for a story that was even remotely similar to the kind of stories that I grew up hearing in Trinidad. And one day I was in Barnes & Noble strolling through and I found this book called Best Love Stories of the World, which I still have. And in it, there was a Caribbean section. And so of course I went and I looked for Trinidad. There was no Trinidad um, stories, but there were stories from Haiti and there were stories from Jamaica. And one of the stories from Haiti was called A Magic Orange Tree. And there was this, it was a Cinderella story and it was about this girl who has a wicked stepmother and the way she saves herself is by growing this orange tree. And I thought, oh, that's the story. I'm gonna use this and I'm gonna put jumbies in this story and it's gonna be awesome. But it took, it really took forever to, to get there. I moved to the United States when I was 15. So I spent, you know, my formative years in Trinidad, and then I was back and forth all the time. Uh, So, you know, even though I've lived in the United States now much longer than I lived in Trinidad, it's still home. I still consider it where I, you know, have spent most of my time because I am back and forth. And now with my children, I'm back and forth all the time. They spend their summers in Trinidad as well. Um, So we're very well connected. My husband also is from Trinidad. My brother was going to college here, and he was here sort of by himself, and it was really difficult for him. He was an older teen, and my mother decided that, you know, that was just not going to work, so she wanted to move up here uh, to be with him. And I was a young teen, and she did not want to leave her young teenage daughter with my father, who says yes to everything. Like, I was a daddy's girl, and anything I asked for, he would say yes to, and she thought that that was just going to be bad news. So she brought me up with her. I started out handwriting this story, like writing it up by hand in notebooks. 
and then starting to pick out the parts that I wanted. And then that wasn't working out. And I, and I transferred things to the computer and I started writing there. And it was just a lot of throwing away, starting over, throwing away, starting over. I, I just couldn't figure it out at first. It was very difficult to pin down this story. I think I didn't know what kind of story I wanted to tell at all. I think I just went into it swimming upstream. I, I really had no idea what I was doing. I was really struggling and it was my second book. And I think I had gotten this idea that the Sokka novel is like so hard and it's gonna kill you. And I think I, I let that get to me in a, in a way. The moment that I understood what Severine was about was the moment I understood what the book was about. You know, she was the one that I could not figure out. And I think once I figured that part out, then the rest of it came much more simply. You would think it would be the main character, but nope, it was the villain I couldn't figure out. The book is very different from my initial idea. I think that when I started it, I didn't realize it was going to be a novel. Um, I, I really thought it was going to be shorter than it was. And I had no idea it was going to be so scary, honestly. Um, I mean, I know that I, I know jumpies are scary, but because I guess I enjoyed them so much, it didn't occur to me that it was going to be sort of, uh, you know, like a bit of a horror story. The other surprise was that it was an adventure. And the adventure part really came much later when my son said that he wanted to have an adventure story. And then it became this sort of, you know, quest and running around the island and jumping through things and swimming through swamps and and all of that stuff. So it definitely was not what I had first envisioned. I, I really envisioned something of a more quiet story, and it became a little bit more uh, epic and adv adventurous. I think at first I really wanted it to have a very lyrical uh, feel. I think that's really what I was going for at the beginning. And then later on, as you know, it became more and more of the scary story, I, I started diving into that a little bit more and, and having it be more atmospheric and adding in more of those elements of you know, just the Trinidadian culture, just the sights and sounds and smells. My space at home, I have this office. Uh, it's a little office off of my bedroom, and I cannot listen to music while I work. I don't know how people do that. Like, I'm completely fascinated by people who can listen to music because I find that it influences me very, very much. So I, I really do need it to be perfectly silent. It's very rare that I will write steadily without sort of, you know, looking up and looking at something else, like maybe even opening an email. It's very rare that I will do that for more than like two hours at a time. 
um, when that does happen, I mean, absolutely don't disturb me then because then I'm like really into it, you know, like definitely don't call my name, don't, don't knock on the door. Uh, but in my house, everybody knows that if I close my office door, I usually work with the office door open. Everybody knows that if I close my office door, absolutely do not knock, do not ask me anything unless there is a fire or someone is bleeding. Those are the rules. My hope for this book is that kids who are like me, who wanted this kind of book when they were tiny children with braids all over their heads running around the Caribbean island, will find it and love it and and just, you know, dive into it the way that I would have dived into this book when I was little. And I also hope that kids who are not like me at all will see it and think, oh my God, this is like a really cool adventure story. And now Tracy Batiste will read an excerpt from The Jumbies. Chapter One, The Forest. Corinne Lemaire's heart beat like wild drums as she ran through the forest. Her bare feet stumbled over the dead leaves and protruding roots of the forest floor. She strained her eyes in the dapple sunlight to keep track of the small, furry agouti that scampered away from her. Occasionally, light glinted off the smooth rock tied to the animal's hind leg. It called to Corinne like a beacon. When she got close enough, she pounced on the agouti and missed, grabbing only a handful of dirt. Corinne grunted and threw the dirt aside. The animal ran beneath a bush and Corinne squeezed down to the damp earth to crawl after it. Her skirt got caught on branches, but she ripped it away, determined to reach the animal. On the other side, the creature cowered against a rock in the roots of a large tree. In her 11 years of life, Corinne had learned that with nowhere to run, a wild animal might try to attack. She hung back. If you have any ideas for an episode or season of The Yarn, send us an email at theyarn at bkpk.media. I had this moment the other day where I was working on something and I looked up from it and looked out of my window and I wondered where in the heck I was. Like I, for, for like half a second, I had no idea where I was. I was just completely inside of it. 